Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Artificial Talk. I think we're on episode 28, that sounds about right. And I'm Tristan and I'm here with my co-host today. Patrick. Yes, all right. We're gonna jump right into it because I think this week is gonna have some really fun topics. So, recently, Twitch has been kind of going through a, uh, a DCMA revolution again. I mean, it kind of was before, but we're kind of going through it again. As well as that, uh, Patrick actually had uh, something about uh, GitHub uh, also yeah. receiving some DCMA stuff. Yeah, GitHub took down like, I think, 12 different rep repos or something like that. And it's like, oh man, dude, <laughs> I'm a little upset because <laughs> um, now I'm not really sure where I'm supposed to get it. I'm assuming that there are mirrors on other like repository hosting sites like BitChute or whatever. But like, it, it sucks. I'm like, I understand why. Because, you know, it is technically illegal to download a YouTube video, I guess. But man, did you really have to strike YouTube DL? <laughs> <laughs> like like i also come from the angle that preservation is like super important so like some of these github tools are just like yeah now it's just gonna make it harder for like us to preserve anything yeah and i mean actually you bring up a good point with the preservation thing so if you've never been on twitch before one of the things that well twitch streamers do and often twitch will do on its own is they'll actually make like clips of their live streams um, so there are literally streamers who may have hundreds upon thousands of clips from their live stream that they just have up so that, you know, if you have some followers who just kind of want to look through the live stream on Twitch, you know, they have that backlog. But a huge problem has been, well, all of a sudden with this DCMA stuff with the music, all these, all these clips are gone. All hundreds upon thousands, they just are gone. They're taken down. There's no second thought about it. There's no question about it. They're just gone which is insane. Like, all of a sudden, all this content is gone. And to be very clear, I get why, if you're using copyrighted music, you know, there is there is copyright law and you do have to adhere to that, but there is also that preservation aspect. And not only that, we kind of talked about this earlier. It's a little weird that Twitch all of a sudden decided to start enforcing it now, though. I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but it seems like it's a little... Like convenient we're seven years into this thing and all of a sudden the hammer is being put down yeah i mean i think part of it is just because twitch has become bigger over the seven years so like it used to be this it used to be like very small like we all used to laugh at a mixer because of how <laughs> small it was but twitch was definitely that size when it first started off too so um i i think it's partially because of how big it's gone they don't want to they don't want to see, like, legal action, maybe. It could also be because they just decided to because it's become a bit more popular as people are stuck inside. I do. Yeah, I, I am curious. I, I'm not, because I'm, I'm familiar with YouTube's policies on copyright. I'm now familiar with Twitch's to some extent, too. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not too familiar with, like, uh, because Facebook has its own live streaming service now, obviously, as well. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm curious what their policy is on DCMA type things like mute, like copyrighted music or even video, for example. Yeah, that is a good point. I I really don't know what their thing would be or if they would really have to deal with it. 
I'm sure they'd put something in place, but they're so big. I'm sure they could strike up some sort of a deal with RIAA or whatever company yeah. wants to take a DMCA strike. So, huh? I so it is interesting because TikTok, for example, part of the reason it has been so successful is it has a bunch of. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm not super familiar with TikTok structure, but they actually they license music so that their their TikTokers, I guess for lack of a better word, can actually use copyrighted music in their uh, you know seven second videos or whatever. So I wonder if we could maybe see Twitch start adopting something like that. I don't know. Mm. It's possible. But I yeah, it is interesting this is all happening at once. But in the meantime, you know, while we're all watching our some streamer content disappear, Patrick, do you remember Stadia? Yes, I do know Stadia. The uh, absolute failure that it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. So, uh, Alex Hutchinson, who is the uh, creative director of Stadia Games, he recently put out a tweet, which okay, it's a little. It started off in. It started off like okay, it's reasonable. So what okay, he said was okay. streamers are worried worried about their content pulled because they use music they didn't pay for. For should should be worried by the fact they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. So he starts with that, and at first you're kind of like, oh, okay, man, this, this is sweet. <laughs> this oh, is the interesting yeah, I, perspective. I'm remembering this now. Oh, All right, man. so let me read the second part of this tweet though, which is really gonna make you uh, question it, things. Let's say it really makes you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the real truth is that is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be paying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. Now. I know Patrick's got things to say about this. I do too. I'm just going to start with saying the internet was not happy with these tweets. There's a storm. See, see, sometimes when you see a tweet of this magnitude of just, I guess for lack of a better term, ignorance and just not knowing about how stuff works, (laughs) I'm not surprised that it stirred up a storm. So, Patrick, let, let me ask you. You're, you you game. You like games. You play games. <laughs> yeah. If what do you think of of Alex over here? He's he's telling you you gotta pay to play that game every month. You gotta pay a ten ninety nine fee per month to play your game. You can't just pay the straight sixty upfront. You have to you have to pay monthly. And once you're done with the game, if you you know you just stop paying the fee, but you don't own it anymore. How do you feel about that? Um. I mean, to a certain extent, I believe that is currently what is happening from a legal standpoint. When you buy something on a digital platform, not a it's just not as it's just not as dumb as what this person is suggesting. I'm, I'm pretty positive, like the legal terminology of you owning a digital game is that you have purchased a license for it. Correct. Yeah. So not only is this person wrong because we're already doing <laughs> that, <laughs> it's just. It shows that he doesn't know what he's talking about. So, I mean, he, he owns Stadia. Now, there's yeah, a lot of game yeah. streaming service out there. Stadia in particular, you pay for the monthly service, but you also have to buy the game on the same platform. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. 
This is as is that place. how the pricing platform is? Yes. Are, no, you're kidding me, right? There's no this, way this is this, real. This is how Stadia does it. You have to pay not only monthly for the platform, but you also have to buy each game individually. And if on, you like yes. on their digital library form, correct. Like even if you own it already, you have to buy it again. Correct. At Texas. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. He might have a little bit of a vested interest in making this a thing where, you know, see, here's the hard part for me. I look at this and I'm like, okay, I get the view he's coming from, but also streamers, especially huge ones. Let's say, let's say Ninja, for example, streamers at the level of Ninja, who is massive. Yeah. The exposure he can give to a game has actually actually i will i was gonna say it doesn't really have a real value but it actually does have a tangible value because uh which one was it, it was respawn entertainment actually paid him a million dollars to play apex legends when it came out just for the exposure aspect of that game like yeah they were able to value a million dollars on just him streaming their game alone so when he says that they should be paying it for month is that basically saying well if you're a ninja you know the developer should be paying you because you know you're worth a lot more than their game or if you're a small streamer does that mean you have to pay a, a monthly fee license fee because you don't make any money off of your streams because you're a small time streamer trying to get started like what's the i'm curious what his angle is on it i guess is the the right way to put it I think he's just speaking from experience, honestly, or maybe that's the direction that he might. Okay, I think I think somewhere I heard someone mention that um, mm-hmm. Google said that they did not support his views and that his views are yes. not representative of the company. <laughs> but it almost speaks to me like a uh, what like a vision from future from the future of stadia like i feel like that's coming from a place of personal like thought like he's thought about this before he knows like yeah i think we're gonna start having them do like what game flag does where you pay (laughs) per month of owning the game you know i i feel like he's thought about that and he's like that sounds like a good idea and that's why he tweeted it I, I, I can't think of any other reason why you would tweet something like that. I'm curious, like, like we at this point we have, uh, what, what do we have now? We have Amazon Luna, we've got Microsoft, mm-hmm. what are they calling it now? X, they're not calling it xCloud anymore, they're calling it GameStream. GameStream. Oh, GameStream. Okay. Yeah, GameStream. You've got PlayStation Now, you've got, is that all it is? Oh, and Google Stadia, of course. You got Steam Link too. Steam Link, um, the, uh, GeForce Now, yeah, GeForce Now. So at this point, you've really I I don't see like does Google Stadia exist in the future? Actually, can I ask? Does his job actually exist in the future under Stadia? See, I want to say, I I, I truly do want to say yes, and I truly think that Google Stadia has a shot at getting better. But as it stands now, no, there's no way in hell that <laughs> that I, they had so many tumbles already. I'm not sure how they can recover, at least in terms of like a PR thing. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure you remember when Stadia first got like keys given out to people to review, and yep. then they didn't work. 
And then some of them did. The people who did work, they said, okay, well, there is like a 20 second delay between my button presses and like what happens in the game. So it is unplayable. <laughs> like, yeah. And that was like, that was reviewer after reviewer after reviewer after reviewer. Like, this doesn't work. And there are very few games in which it could work because like, like, there's so much delay. And I was just, oh, we, yeah, we are at the point, like, like, I'll be straight. I am of the mindset, I do think the future of gaming is at some point going to be cloud gaming. That is mm-hmm. obviously not now. It's very far from now. But I think if anybody succeeds in this, I actually think Microsoft might have the best chance with game stream at this point. Because everyone else is sort of just a dumpster fire. Actually, Amazon Luna, from my understanding, should be okay. But I, there's been nothing nothing solid about that. So I don't want to say that it's good yet. But considering it might be the only gaming platform on iPhones. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's yeah. that. <laughs> there's, there's that. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know GameStream is supposed to be on iPhones at some point. But who knows when that's going to be at this point. Because they can't be in the App Store. so Which is a whole other issue. But... I do find it quite interesting, especially it's weird because he's almost talking against his own model too, though, like the model of Stadia. Although, again, according to Google, these are his opinions, not theirs. Yeah. But as a creative director, it is kind of strange that the way he models it in a way is that not only do you pay the $10 a month for Stadia, you also pay, you know, let's say $5 a month for a game that you decide to play on there. Like that's a little, that's a little, yeah, it's, I, I think Amazon's doing it that way, actually. Like they're doing channels. Oh. Hmm. So is he that's basically saying it, Amazon's doing it better? Maybe. It, if Amazon's really doing it like that, then yeah. Yeah. Cause they're doing like, they have like a Ubisoft channel. You pay monthly for Amazon Luna, but you also pay like monthly for the Amazon channel, which has all the Ubisoft games. It's an interesting model. We have we have so many different models. Like Microsoft is saying, pay, I think it's, is it $15 a month? I actually don't know off the top of my head. No idea. But they basically say pay, and then you get access to this whole catalog of games, which is also owned by Microsoft because, yeah, Microsoft owns all the game studios now. But, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, he made a statement. People didn't like the statement. <laughs> Uh, I mean, people being majority of people, <laughs> at least those who are familiar with streaming. I'm sure there are people who have no idea what the heck a Twitch is, and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like a good idea." Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, but do you think people who are aware of Google Stadia don't know what Twitch is, though? That's fair. They have. To. <laughs> if you if you are at all on the internet, you know what Twitch is because it's come up so frequently within the last few years it's just become such a massive thing Uh, yeah but let's go ahead i think it's enough about uh alex hutchinson and his uh debacle with dcma you know we all love dcma um we don't it's awful but let's talk more about google though so actually i will say the last few podcasts we've had we've had a lot of like lawsuits going on it's because everyone is finally like taking a stand against giant tech companies 
uh, governments yeah. in particular. So yeah. we, I think, I want to say it was two episodes ago. I actually can't remember off the top of my head. We did talk about uh, reports that the DOJ was actually writing something up against Google. And as it stands, as of, I think it's two days ago now from our recording time, uh, which is going to be like a week from when you guys see it. But anyways, the DOJ has officially put a, is officially prosecuting Google for being a monopoly. Um, all right. So I think if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a little, you're probably a little tech savvy. You probably pay attention to the tech community a little bit more than others. Uh, Patrick and I pay attention a little bit more than ours too. Yeah, like you, you know, you know yeah. why Google is not considered the best in most people's eyes. You know, like you, so, you kind of understand why. So, Patrick, this I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you real quick: If you were the DOJ, what do you think? If you looked at Google and you said this is obviously a monopoly, as the DOJ, what do you target? What What do you think? What would be your first instinct? Search engine. Easy search engine, yeah. You, yeah, you, like if they aren't going for the search engine, I'm I'm going to be a little, I'm gonna be surprised <laughs> because when I hear like Google and Monopoly, the person that always comes to mind is they have a monopoly on the search engine to the point where to Google something is to search something on the internet. Google has become a I I'm forgetting the word, but it means the same thing as searching something online now. They're, right. they're one and the same. That is like a monopoly. So, do you, uh, let me tell you what the DOJ is going after. So the DOJ is basically, in particular, one of their strongest points seems to be they are going after Google for paying other companies to use them as a default search engine. I know, just. Just wrap it. So, for example, the, the their top point seems to be they're annoyed that Google is paying Apple to set Google as a default search engine on Apple devices. Um, we don't have obviously we don't have exact the exact amount that Google pays because they do kind of keep it hush hush. It is estimated Google pays somewhere around twelve billion dollars. But then, okay, so I'm gonna I, but now I'm gonna put up a, I'm gonna put up another perspective for you. If you're Google and you're paying $12 billion for Google to be the default on, like, you know, a Mac or an iPhone or whatever, what stops Microsoft from stepping in and saying, or, or, or Yahoo for the matter, or I guess Verizon, because Verizon owns Yahoo, but what stops one of those companies from literally saying, I'm going to pay Apple more to use my search engine? Hmm. Because those are, not, those are not small companies. They can definitely afford a couple billion dollars a year. So I mean, maybe well, it's just that yeah. they know that Google is just going to outbid them essentially, and that there's not really a point, or that Google will do something to backfire against them. So let me ask you: What do you think of DO, the DOJ's target in this? <laughs> I think it's an interesting approach. I'm just not sure why they're going for it. I'm like, yeah. like. I understand where they're coming from because it is interesting that Apple doesn't have their own search engine that they have on their own thing because that is a very Apple search should be a thing (laughs) just based off of Apple's like history Apple search should have been a thing like 
I'm kind of surprised that it's not a thing. I mean, just, I... just because like it's Apple. Apple has their own thing for everything. They have Apple. <laughs> they have the iBook Store, which is probably dead now. They have iTunes. You know, they have the App Store, which is all self-contained in their ecosystem. Why don't they have a search engine? You know, like it's weird to me. So, I mean... like, but other than that. I think it's an interesting point. I mean, let me ask you: if you if you bought an iPhone, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put this there in front of you. You bought an iPhone and you went onto Safari and you searched something up, and then you noticed that it was using uh, Apple Search, for example. Yeah, just imaginary Apple Search right, that right. is on par with Google. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's just say it's Apple Search. I don't think let's not argue if it's gonna be on par. Okay. But as a user, would you go and you would switch that to either a search engine you're familiar with? Like, I think you use Startpage, right? Um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say, would you switch to Startpage or Google or would you stick with like the Apple search engine? Even if it wasn't, because let's, honestly, Google search is kind of undebatably the best search engine. Yeah, there's no, you, you can't there's no equal. with it. No. So, but if you bought a new iPhone and that was something you had, and you saw, oh, it's an Apple search engine, would you use it or would you just switch it to something else? What would be your your first thought? Switch it. I mean, that's what I do with every phone. So, (laughs) every phone, I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch it. But I would use it for a while, most likely. That is normally how it goes, too. Yeah. Like, I, like, whenever I use internet for um, Samsung, it's called like Samsung Mm -hmm. Internet, but it shows up as internet. Do not roast me for saying when i use internet um but when i use samsung internet yeah for a while i just used google because that was the default then i eventually was like yeah okay i'm switching to DuckDuckGo because it's an option and i don't have to struggle with putting it in there so like but i did use it for a while just out of laziness i guess so i'm assuming (laughs) i would use apple search for a while too out of laziness as well Although, I guess a good point would be that Apple doesn't really have a weird, bad history of, like, stealing your data, really. There's no real evidence of what they do with data that they collect. So, as long as nothing bad comes up, I'm not not sure whether or not I'd be okay with trusting them with my data. Yeah. I mean... It is it is kind of interesting because I was kind of looking through some different like takes on how other like news reporters and all that were looking at this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And some of the most prominent ones I saw, they were like, literally, this just looks like the Microsoft lawsuit from back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, and to put this in perspective, basically what that lawsuit was about was the fact that Microsoft bundled Internet Explorer with Windows. I know that sounds crazy today. Imagine not having a web browser when you like boot up Windows. Like, just imagine that for a second, by the way. But they basically argued because Microsoft could bundle them together, it was going to kill all competition. And it was free. I mean, you were paying for Windows, but it was free with Windows in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and at the time, your only other browsers were, I think it was Netscape and some other browser that nobody remembers now. But they both they basically required you to keep pay for those browsers. So yeah. of course Internet Explorer won out, it killed all the other browsers, but Microsoft was never actually indicted with antitrust. Like the case was lost. The DOJ lost the case against Microsoft because they just didn't there was nothing 
Because when you think about it, there really is nothing wrong inherently with bundling an internet browser with Windows. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, even now, like, how are you supposed to get a... (laughs) Yeah, how are you supposed to get Chrome or your Firefox or your Waterfox or whatever (laughs) you use, if not for Internet Explorer? Like, you need that first step to get onto the web. So I guess in that sense, it makes sense. But alternatively, with the search engines... I don't think you can make the same argument. I really don't. You do not need a search engine to change your search engine. Like, it's a website you go to to search. Mm-hmm. You don't really need a search engine to go to it as long as you know a web address. Whereas, for getting an, a, you know, another web browser, you would have to buy another web browser at the store and install it using the CD they gave you. Or nowadays, you'd have to install it on another computer and then get the installer and put it onto your own computer or something weird like that. Yeah. Search engines are so... I would say, like, in today's age, though, a search engine is is an essential tool, though, that you have. No, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. I think... It's hard, yeah, it's hard because, like, it's one of those things of, here's the thing, even if you use DuckDuckGo, or you use Starpager, or even if you use, like, a code, I think it's Econtia, something, it's a search engine, but even if you use one of those search engines, let's say, for example, you're trying to do, you're a college student, or you're, you know, working for somewhere, and you need to look something up, oftentimes, like, what I'll do is I'll be like, okay, Obviously, these other search engines are just not going to cut it. They're not going to be able to help me find that one math problem that makes no sense to me. But if I go to Google, Google's just going to work. Like, I don't have to think about that. I don't even have to... I don't even have... There's nothing in my mind that says, oh, I should even try on these other browsers because I know Google's going to do it better than literally all of them. Like, so I do wonder then, like, for example... If the argument that the DOJ is making is that you should be able to use other search engines, right? Because that seems to be roughly in the realm of their argument. Yeah. As a consumer, I do wonder how many people would just still use Google at the end of the day. You know what I mean? There would be a lot of people who just use Google at the end of the day, which is why I think the angle that they're approaching it from is just wrong. Instead of approaching it kind of from... Google kind of presents itself as, like, one of the only search engines, really. Like, I guess in terms of branding, which I don't know if you can actually have a case against. Um, If they went more for the angle of, like, Google is a monopoly because it's the only search engine anyone knows about and there's not really a fair competition between it and its up-and-comers like DuckDuckGo, because DuckDuckGo doesn't have DuckDuckGo isn't going to go to Google to say like, "Hey, advertise for us." There's yeah. no real way for them to advertise and become bigger. I guess. I I guess that would be the only case, and even then, I guess that is pretty weak. Yeah, I like the only argument that I've seen work in the past few years. The EU a couple years back. This was specifically against Android, but they basically argued that Google can't force. What was the argument they made? It was something along the lines of basically, if you want the Google Play Store, because obviously on Android, that is the, that is pretty much, I don't want to say it's the only way to install on Android, but it is the main way, it is the way that most 
99% of people are going to install apps on Android. They're going to use the Google Play Store. Yeah. And they and before Google sort of had a policy that said, well, if you're going to install the Google Play Store, you also need to install Chrome. You also need to install Drive. You need to install YouTube, like Gmail. You had basically it was a they basically pre-bundled a bunch of Google apps and said you have to install all of these to have the Play Store. And the EU basically argued, well, that's completely anti-competitive because, you know, that means that literally the first app people use on their phones is going to be Google only, and they may not change that, and that's pretty monopolistic and kind of scummy. And hmm. they were able to win that case because obviously that was kind of scummy. But it's weird that the DOJ in a weird way is, like, they're almost arguing that if you install Chrome, you just shouldn't have google search as the first search engine on google chrome which is a little odd i think more of their argument is would be then maybe maybe you should take that argument and expand it to the other browsers i think that makes a bit more sense when trying to think about it like why is it that when you open up safari the first option is google or firefox or opera or you know all those other browsers like for Google Chrome, sure. it makes complete yeah. sense because it is Google owned. Why wouldn't you put your own search engine in, right? <laughs> but for Firefox, or and I guess they picked out Apple in this specific case because Google was paying the money, right? Why is why would Apple be putting that first? I'm sure even if they weren't getting the money, they'd put it first. But let's just say for sake of the argument mm-hmm. that the twelve billion dollars or whatever is actually influencing Apple's decision to put that as the default. Because, I mean, in a real world, that would be the default regardless because everyone uses it. Right. Which is where I think this case is probably going to fail. It's just because, <laughs> well, even if Apple wasn't getting $12 billion, they'd still put it as default. So it's not <laughs> anti-competition. It's just that Google's so good that there is no competition but I mean, what's okay? So let me ask you: What's the solution there? Do you basically outlaw the fact, like, do you basically say Apple, you can't get paid by Google to use their search engine anymore, or do you say, or even Firefox? Firefox literally doesn't exist if Google doesn't. No, no, no. Pay here's them. a here's a here's a quick and easy solution. Okay. You start up your browser and you do a setup. So it's like, do you want to transfer? So Firefox already does this, where it's like, oh, do you want to transfer over your bookmarks and stuff? Sure. Just add a tab to like every browser on startup that says what search engine do you want to use and you have google what and some other ones right i like you know and i think like that would solve the case but if and google, that would make it not competition but, but if google is paying apple to have it set as the default though do you mm-hmm. then say that they basically just can't take that payment because at that point why would google pay if that's the first thing that pops up true i think what they could do well Google could still be Apple to promote their <laughs> browser. They would. It would just be a little bit. It just have to be scummier. You know, it would just scummier. be like, like by that I mean like they're gonna have a big button that says Google, <laughs> and then they have a Google. little. They, it says try Google search, and then below in like small blue font, other options, which brings up a list of like oh, other search engines. Google could pay for that. But that would still be competitive, I, like, I guess. I was going to say, I feel like the DOJ would still be like, no, that's not good. Like, but it's I, not the default. That's no, the thing. That's yeah. not the default. And it's on the consumer to look at their other options that are presented there, I guess. So 
Which leads us back to the same problem. If you're a consumer, though, you're not using Bing you're not using or DuckTuckGo. You're, you're using Google. That's yeah. the unfortunate so it's truth. Like, <laughs> so it's like, I think having that list would be helpful because I think people might try other search options and then just go back to Google because, oh, I'm not finding things as easily as I used to find them. I'm not finding things at all, actually. <laughs> For some of them. For some of them, yeah. And so, yeah. but I think in principle that would still be competitive. Like I think that would, I think that would, I think that would meet the DOJ's like mindset of something being competitive or not. So, do you think when they say competition, though, because obviously Google's not the only search engine. I mean, it it kind of is, but there's also being DuckDuckGo. We've mentioned a few of them. There's also like other ones like Baidu and Yandex, though. Do you think the DOJ oh, yeah. would be okay if those search engines came in and became competition for Google? That is a good question. I think I think they'd be okay with it. And then you'd have to have more of a national discussion on it. I mean, given uh, your current president's views on uh, WeChat. True, though. It would be more of a national stage for that thing rather than just the DOJ. DOJ would be fine with it, I'm sure of it. I mean, the DOJ is fine with we, I, yeah, WeChat, the, even though WeChat is, like, the only chatting app that people use in, like, Southeast Asian countries, or specifically China, I think. I don't know the reach of WeChat. I just know that it is massive in Asia. We, no, WeChat is huge. I think it is mostly Chinese. I think in most of the other parts of the world, it's WhatsApp tends to be the dominant force. But WeChat has, uh, at last reported numbers, over 1.3 billion users, which makes sense because China is about that population level. Yeah. Um, oh, like actually, this is kind of a this is kind of a little bit of a tangent because it's not technically a topic we have listed. But WeChat and TikTok are still not banned. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that they still aren't banned. I'm not either, but. I actually TikTok. I'm I, TikTok because they reached an agreement. I was like, okay, they're not going to get banned. Probably. I'm surprised WeChat though isn't banned though. Yeah, I'm. That's more surprised surprising by me. it. I'm surprised by it, but I'm also kind of thankful because, like, man, that would wreak so much havoc. That yeah. would wreak so much havoc on people. Like, it's the way that most people communicate with like their other family members. They don't text. Mm-hmm. They WeChat each other, right? Yeah, no, and like, like you yeah. can, you can do so much stuff on WeChat. You can pay your friends on WeChat. You can, you can pay using WeChat. It's like yeah, their Apple Pay almost in a sense, or, or Google. Yeah, pay. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so getting rid of WeChat is going to be massive, and I'm, I'm not, I'm surprised that it hasn't gone through, but I'm thankful because I'm not sure I'm ready to see what happens when a bunch of people's only way of communicating with family just crumbles apart. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely in agreement with you. I'm I'm happy it didn't go through. I also, it, WeChat is one of those weird apps though where I could potentially see part of their argument for WeChat. TikTok, I'm far more like I don't even understand what the. No, yeah, TikTok. Uh, yeah, TikTok probably should have gotten banned. I'm going to be serious here with that. With how much the alleged scalping of data was. TikTok needed to be banned. That was insane. Like, You're, even if it was a US-based app, I still would advocate for it being banned because that was insane. They were collecting everything they could on you. I, which really, is just I, I'm surprised at that. 
I'm actually surprised that you're for the ban. I actually was, I was arguing the other way. I was saying, I'm surprised TikTok, I'm surprised TikTok was on the ban list because I don't understand. Because I guess my issue is, tends to be a lot more Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, for example, is notorious for data scalping. Right, but I don't, I think Facebook is a slightly more respectful than TikTok was. I think almost far none, they had every single information they could pull from your phone. So That's they pro- so like they didn't have your phone number, but they probably had an address based off of like triangulating your position or something crazy like that. And it looked like they had their it had your full phone model on there, uh, and like yeah, they had it, it was insane. I don't think Facebook goes to that level. Facebook knows your location because <laughs> you give it access to you. like Facebook. So that one's a given, but I don't think they're stealing your full phone like model and everything they're not trying to find out like who you are or whatever you think facebook isn't trying to find out who you are i mean they know who you are because you make an account (laughs) but i i don't think they're going to scalp super hard and if they are and i find out about it then i will be very advocating (laughs) for facebook going to web only i mean we're (laughs) yeah i mean it is it is interesting because I, I do remember actually in particular TikTok was caught when iOS 14 came out. It now tells you like if an app is reading your clipboard, like your copy mm-hmm. and paste and TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I think LinkedIn was the other one got caught reading your clipboard even without needing it. Wait, wait, wait. LinkedIn? Yeah. For some LinkedIn. reason, LinkedIn. Oh, man. That's like they, so weird. When it got like called out, LinkedIn was basically like, ah, oh, you know, it's just it was like an, it was an accident like it wasn't meant to work that way you know and then tiktok's argument was that it was to prevent like scammers which i don't understand that argument but i i understand it but it's really stupid i will that is how i will put it their argument is that they will check your clipboard because you can just paste 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 so they're oh, checking the clipboard but that's such a dumb argument <laughs> because who does that like okay. if this was an issue you just report them you don't need to check your clip so i think yeah no that argument's bad wishy-washy at best yeah t- <laughs> i i think it's a bit more nefarious than that dude yeah tiktok is what like it's weird because tiktok well in particular the tiktok ceo was very much like no 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 no, no. listen we protect your data like he was very adamant that only tiktok had access to your data like that was his whole thing like it's mm-hmm. so it's so weird because here's actually another there's another Chinese company that you may or may not know about. I imagine most of our audience does. There's OnePlus. Uh, Patrick definitely knows OnePlus. Oh yeah, OnePlus. Yeah. So do you remember their old CEO uh, and co-founder? Um, I'm gonna forget his name now. I think I think his first name is. I want to say it's Chad. I think I'm wrong about that. Uh, no, I do not know much about him. The the dude who was on stage though, and he was always hyped about the new OnePlus phone. That was always his thing. Um, mm-hmm. So recently, it's been reported that he's actually out of the company, that he's just gone. Like he, he just hmm. the last two years he hasn't. He's not the one on stage. They actually have a new CEO. I'm gonna forget his name too. But uh, he just kind of went. He disappeared, and uh, I think, from my understanding, because uh, OnePlus is owned by, I want to say it's Oppo, right? I think it's owned by Oppo. Yeah. Yeah, which is another, which is a massive Chinese company. And yeah, they're se- a phone manufacturer. And it seems like they're really pushing for different management, 
Like it was mm-hmm. never it was never quite clear who was in charge of OnePlus when they were in charge. Like my understanding from a lot of reporters is basically like the hierarchy of OnePlus was never really established. It was just kind of you knew who the CEO was, but you didn't understood you didn't know who he reported to because they're owned by Oppo. He's got to be reporting to somebody. It was never very clear how that worked, and now that he's out of the company, you know, it's it's a little, I could see it being a lot easier for, especially because you you do everything on your phone. I could imagine OnePlus all of a sudden being a little bit more nefarious with maybe some things they do now because their old CEO, whose whole thing was no, we are separate, is now gone. Like if you get what I mean. Like, in the same vein, TikTok is sort of in that same boat now. How long do you think that CEO sticks around for? That The current TikTok CEO, who's... It's only within our company. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, we're at that point. I don't know. I... That was, a, that was a big tangent from our original topic, but I think, I think it's interesting to talk about how we sort of talk about, like... Honestly, just these monopolies and like how they operate in this space and how all these other companies interact with them, like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But with that, we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna take a break, and we will be right back with Quibi. If you remember that. All right, and we are back. So I I I I said Quibi right before we went on break. He said the uh, the accursed name, Quibi. The accursed word. All right. The headline is Quibi is dead. Um, yeah, bring out <laughs> Quibi bring is out your dead. stick, man. Quibi's gone. Yeah. The, he vanished. Yeah. So, so the CEO of the company basically said, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Katzenberg basically said, uh, well, yeah, we're shutting down the company because uh, we just couldn't, we just couldn't do it. Like, yeah. And to be very clear, honestly speaking, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to laugh at them and say, you know, oh, you know, we all knew it's going to You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little empathetic. I get it. COVID happened. And not only that, they were, their platform was an interesting idea from the start, though. Uh, what's that? Yeah. I mean, see, okay. I heard it. I don't remember where I heard this or read this, but I remember someone was dissecting like Quibi dying and they were like. I don't understand why you would think it would be a good idea to have 10 minute long episodes in a market that is primarily just people binge watching entire seasons of shows that are 30 minutes per episode on Netflix in one sitting (laughs) instead of just 10 minute episodes like every week or something like that. And I kind of have to agree. I'm not sure what was going through their head. Like, yeah. The market is pretty clear cut that people still like the television aspect of television, you know, the long ish episodes that take up time slots. Like Netflix releasing a million different shows that you can watch. And yeah, then, and then yeah. you got like and then normally they're like thirty minutes long per episode or it's a movie that's like two hours long. You know how long it's gonna be. It's normal. Right. I mean Let's even okay. So at first, a few months back, when they were reported having trouble, they were like, "Well, you know, COVID is causing causing us issues." Now, when when uh, Queeby first came out, I'm gonna keep saying the name differently, by the way, because 
I love that. The name is great. If nothing else, the name is really good. Yeah, um, I will. I will forever mourn the loss <laughs> of that name, dude. That name is actually really good. But let's let's talk a little bit about their business model because I did find it interesting. If you remember when they first came out, they said, "Oh, we're only gonna be on your phone. Like, we're gonna have full length episodes, like full length." I, I don't know if they ever had movies, but. They had like full length everything, but it was only on your phone. There wasn't a tablet app. There wasn't like a Apple TV or a Roku app. It was only on your phone. So now personally, maybe this is just me. I now I do most of my watching on my phone. You know, I think I think most people do. I yeah. think you're watching YouTube, you're watching maybe even Netflix occasionally, you're gonna have it on your phone. But at the same time, I do admit there are times where especially because it's weird, Quibi well, it was like basically putting very high production value like episode like shows out like these were not these weren't youtube premiere shows basically is what i'm going for mm-hmm. these were like these were like high budget cinematography was great like sound was great the shows themselves were questionable but they were throwing money into the shows and their monthly pricing was less than everyone else i think it was like five dollars a month yeah so like they were throwing money at these shows. They weren't making that much money. And all of that visual uh, spectacle was on your phone. A screen that is roughly maybe this size, 5.8 you know, inches or whatever. It's tiny. It's just not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, like, if you want to get, like, can you imagine watching, like, a movie that people herald is like one of the best masterpieces in like film or whatever like i don't know i guess like a citizen kane. Say the, yeah like a citizen kane or let's say like the lord of the Rings trilogy imagine the difference between watching it as it was you know like on a movie theater scale or even on your tv mm-hmm. and then imagine watching it on your phone that sounds awful <laughs> it sounds awful right yeah it's awful like I would prefer to watch it on my TV where it can actually see what's happening and all the small details they're putting into this thing, right? Right. Versus, oh, I can't see, I can't see anything. It's too small. I got my itty bitty little phone here that is. <laughs> they're not even that small anymore. They're decently they're, they're sized, huge. but it's not. They're not big enough. Yeah, and you're not gonna obviously. You're not gonna carry around like a a twenty eight inch monitor or TV on your back to watch a movie. Like you're not doing that, obviously. But yeah, at least like even okay. Let's even say like Apple TV Plus for example, which universally, while it's not loved, it's also not hated. It's kind of like it's okay. It has some decent gems in the gems in the rut sort of thing. Yeah, Apple TV you can access from anywhere. You could do it from your all the way from your phone to like your big screen TV or whatever. It's not in movie theaters because those don't exist anymore, and Apple doesn't seem to care about that. But you can have it on your TV or your your phone screen if you want. Like. You, you have the option. And Quibi just straight up just didn't give you that option. They said it was on your phone or it was nothing. Like, that was it. Actually, as a kind of fun tangent, a couple of days before the company shut down, uh, I think it actually, no, I think it was one day before the company shut down, they did release an, Am- an uh, Amazon Fire Stick app and like a Roku app. And they just put it out there. And then the next day they're like, yeah, we're done. Like, it's, it's weird. I... It was a cool idea in practice. I don't think in the age where Netflix puts out a million different shows every month and Apple TV Plus is putting out a million different shows and Disney Plus has their Disney Vault catalog, which has 
I don't even know how much content Disney has. And now that they bought Fox, they've got all that to throw on there. Like, the problem is Quibi's competition was just better at video streaming than Quibi was. That's honestly the, the end result of all of this. Like, their competition was better. Their competition was putting out more content. And they were, they were not. Even though the pricing was better. Five bucks is nice per month. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, are we? Are, well, actually, let me ask you. So, when you think of like streaming, though, I assume your mind goes to Netflix first, probably, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I normally watch YouTube or YouTube, but I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't really watch like TV, TV stuff. So, right. Yeah, YouTube, Netflix, one of those two. Those are like the streaming services of now. Which both. I think most people would agree with you are like the top streaming services and they have no shortage of content. Oh yeah. No, like neither of them. Like yeah. Netflix <laughs> removes like three shows a year, but then they add like 15 shows. <laughs> like, yeah, those three shows were good, but now there's even more content. Like throw Basically Netflix's approach is let's throw it at the wall and let's see what sticks. Yeah. Like, and Quibi had shows, they just, I am not aware if any of them were any good. I didn't watch any Quibi. I don't think they were very good, though. <laughs> Gonna... yeah. I mean, I mean, assuming that, the, that they were actually, like, 10-minute episodes or something. Because I, I think that was one of their selling points, was that it was a shorter version of an episode. Like, if that is true, how much can you do in 10 minutes? <laughs> 10 minutes is not a long what, what, how much writing and like fleshing out can you do in 10 minutes like realistically I mean, can you really come up with anything during that time period I mean Vine and uh, TikTok are only what is it 10, 7 to 10 seconds was that what it was yeah Vine was like 9 seconds or something and like but Vines were more for comedy you true. don't need that yeah, much true. time to set up a punchline I'm not aware of long-running vines that set up a full narrative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not aware of any vines that were like super insane. I guess the closest thing would be like a Zach King vine. He did like magic tricks. So there's like oh. with Mal Magic, there's like an <laughs> exposition part of it, like building up the trick itself. Right. But a lot of that was very basic and it wasn't like you're fleshing out a character it was fleshing out the concept and what was right. insane about it and building that with I, suspense I, yeah i don't think i don't think that quibi just gave their episodes enough time to flesh anything out which is why maybe the shows were not good <laughs> even though they were throwing a lot of money at them it, it is weird to me because like youtube the average uh, actually i don't know anymore but the average on youtube used to be about 10 minutes right uh the average on youtube is about the same yeah i mean it depends on what you're looking at if you're looking at more of a documentary-esque content i think those average more towards around 20 to 30 on. minutes yeah. because it's like a documentary right it's, it's like an essay-based video format thing yeah but yeah. um i think you're right to the average is still around 10 minutes at least so even with that in mind even let's make these something here let's say quibi's goal was not to compete with um netflix so let's say for all intents and purposes they were trying to compete with youtube 
But then I look at that and I say, well, YouTube Originals is dead. And YouTube mm. Originals and Quibi are kind of the same thing in my mind. Like, like get some very high... Because Quibi's whole thing is, look, we have all these really high-paid actors and actresses. And, like, we're going to put them on a on a scene and they're going to do this show and YouTube's whole thing was look, we have these really high profile YouTubers and we're going to put them on the scene to do this show. And then they were just bad in both scenarios. <laughs> like not the YouTubers or actors, actresses. It just, it was just bad <laughs> because you know, they, they didn't know how to build content around that. Yeah. As you said, yeah. Building a narrative in 10 minutes and having closure and all, like, having all the plots of a storyline in 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, because it's even, like, even if you take a look at, like, I guess, to give it an easy one that could have been done in 10 minutes, like, let's just say, like, some sort of, like, slice of life, you know, like, 80 show, like, kind of yeah. like Golden Girls or something. Those shows, even within the respective episodes, have the plot, which have characters, which are, yes, they're pre-established, but they grow during the experience, too. Right. They're not static. Like, can you do that in 10 minutes? Like, if you were to think about how long real life takes... How long real life like, takes? Like, can you have something like that happen in 10 minutes or would you just have to ultra compress something that would take a lot of time down into 10 minutes where it's just rapid fire and i think you'd have to compress it too far before it becomes just illegible as to what you're even trying to do with it yeah yeah actually that makes sense yeah can you fit life into 10 minutes i don't yeah i don't think you can i mean actually i shouldn't say that YouTubers no, have been doing it for a while. Can. Yeah, but they do it well. Like, they've spent years perfecting that craft, in a sense. Yeah, and I mean, I think also Quibi was aiming towards, like, more television stuff. Like, they were looking to compete with, like, YouTube no. originals, yeah. which is more <laughs> aimed to be, like, a TV show. I would, like, to compress someone's day into 10 minutes, you would do a vlog. Right. I don't want to watch a vlog for if I want to watch TV. True. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not going to go and be like, wow, I can't wait to see this person say in like some foreign country and what they ate <laughs> and their good times that they had there. Like, no, when I think TV I want like, you know I want characters that I know and like maybe a plot line or something. I do not want the vlog <laughs> style content. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, I I'm really I think part of the reason why I'm so confused and we talked about this for so long is who well, like who thought this was like who thought this out did, did they go this far to think about how this would work i i you know what it's so funny because uh what's it the katzenberg is actually he is an experienced person in the industry like he's worked on this industry before i forget what he did he did some what was his previous thing he did something and it was super successful like we still still use it today um but he's done a lot before. It's not like he's new to it. But I feel like maybe, honestly speaking, I feel like maybe he just got cocky. Like, Heath was like, I can make this work because I've made it work before. I think... I, I, I don't think it's that. I don't think he just got cocky. I think his issue was that he had the idea. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he fully fleshed out how it would work, I guess. Like, he had the idea and he's like... Well, wow, that would be really good, but he didn't think about maybe how it would function. 
Like, it's hard to say exactly what I'm going for, but it's like he didn't explain out the small details, maybe. Maybe that's what happened. Is he planned on the large scale? Because, yes, 10-minute episodes, in theory, does sound like a decent idea. Especially, like, if you can find content that fits within 10 minutes. Like, you know, like, it could work. And and if it did work, that would be amazing. It would be very good because, like, videos are becoming more rapid-fire nowadays. You don't want... Look, not I, I. It's not that people don't watch longer videos on YouTube, but there has been sort of this trend towards shorter videos right. that we've seen. You know, with like Vine. And I was going to say even TikTok. TikTok's all, all super short. Like, form. yeah, yeah. So it makes sense where he was going with it. Like it does make sense. So it's just that I don't know if it would work. So our so Jeffrey Katzenberg actually does have. Uh, I feel like we should know a lot more about him. He actually has a lot of stuff behind him he he was the chairman of walt disney studios for a little bit he made a bunch of classic movies the little mermaid beauty and the beast aladdin the lion king he also co-founded dreamworks um like so he actually does have a huge like it's not like he's inexperienced he's been in this industry for a long time like he's actually one of the i would argue maybe one of the biggest people in that industry um i don't know i i think what you said was right though. i don't i think maybe he just didn't have the the foresight with quibi like he hmm. just didn't i i don't know but so i was looking it up because i just wanted to confirm yeah. like that oh because the big thing that we're handing on is it's 10 minutes right. yes they are 10 minutes or less 10 minutes or less okay. but the thing that's interesting is that there were movies and chapters oh that were longer Feature like it was like a, a you know like an hour thirty minute movie, right. broken down into ten minute chunks. Oh, interesting. And I don't know. Wait, I I, I like I, wait. When I read that, I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was reading it correctly because that sounds awful, wait, right? Well, okay, wait. So you're breaking. All right, let's take an hour and thirty minute long movie. It's a pretty short movie. You're breaking that into ten minute chunks. Is that what you're telling me? I I think that is what happened. That, let me let me see. Okay, original film. Oh, that was that didn't actually come around. Just ooh. kidding. That sounds <laughs> I, okay. No. All right. So okay, when you watch a movie though, usually there's a certain pace and flow to that movie when you're watching it, right? Like most mm-hmm. movies, most good movies. Let's say good movies. Let's not even bring it back. Let's say good movies. There's a pace and flow to it. And when you lose, when if when you if you let's say you pause the movie partway at like the most dramatic event in the whole movie, the climax of the movie, you've essentially broken the flow. When you come back, it's not going to feel nearly as epic because you all of a sudden all that buildup that you had before it's lost because you went to go do something else. So is Quibi basically saying every ten? Imagine just every ten minutes you pause the movie and come back like a week later, and that's how you're supposed to watch it. Maybe uh, I I don't know how many of those. Okay, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page of the program. It doesn't really list if these were movies or not, but a lot of these don't sound like they ever got around to the movie part of oh, it, and that these are just short episodes. And to be fair, these are actually we were not thinking hard enough about what episodes you could do. They did a lot of good things mm-hmm. actually, like shows that I would probably watch 
But the issue is, is that it's ten minutes. Mm-hmm. That is to like. Uh, let me see. What was one of them that I saw? They had something about music where mm-hmm. they had like that. Actually, doesn't sound awful. Like an interview no. with a musician compressed down to ten minutes. I mean, I, I can't tell you if that's actually what it was, but like <laughs> the the idea, the concept. That sounds like a yeah. That concept sounds really good. And like they also had a news thing, which were even shorter. They were five to seven minutes. I kind of like that and actually. That's not bad. That they good. had a Hello America thing. They had they had musicology, which is I'm assuming it's just like music updates. Okay, I think my favorite one that I saw on this was Polygon has a section called Speedrun, which I think is just it's just really fitting for what they're doing Speed. and that sort of a time. Span. That actually, but no, yeah. like, yeah, that's these are all like super good. That actually, like in concept, like, they sound like a great idea. In concept, obviously, <laughs> execution's just as important. Which it seems that may be the area where they may have messed up a little bit more, but. Yeah, I see. That's that's the issue. But you know what? If you actually okay, I earlier I said watching that on your phone sounds terrible. Actually, if you, it's just a ten minute long thing, I could, I could actually see that. I could see the argument a little bit more. Granted, I do also argue they probably should have just had an app on like Roku and Apple TV and all that from the start. Still, yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I do see the phone argument a little bit more now. Like, if it's a five-minute, like, news yeah. thing that you just let run on your phone and you kind of are just listening to it while you're brushing your teeth in the morning or whatever, I could see that. But that's... Man, I... But then again, he it almost, in a sense to me, it almost sounds like he's just making a YouTube channel. That's... Yeah, it's like he wanted to make a very short-form episodic series for youtube but then he made it for a streaming app and poured millions upon actually billions of dollars he raised billions of dollars that he threw into it which that's rough it's rough it's like man this is heartbreaking to actually like won't delve into it because i know like a few minutes ago we were like bashing the idea (laughs) but now it's like no, he really did think about this really long and hard. It was just on. It was on paper. It sounds so good, but then in in actual like reality, it's not good yeah. at all. Like it, it, it just doesn't work. For it didn't click with people. It's like, and yeah. I guess also they didn't really. They I guess if they had leaned more towards like the new stuff, mm-hmm. I think it might have sold a little bit better. I think, yeah, especially right now, year 2020, you know, with COVID happening, there wasn't a huge amount of news. If they could make themselves a viable news source, that might have been really good, actually. Something you could easily get on your phone, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. Like, and especially now, too, if you don't, if you don't really want to watch the news, having the most like the top a 10 speed run like, of deuce. important yes a speed <laughs> like run of the news uh it's just having those titles they would be really nice especially because like if you don't want to read the news because it's all doom and gloom yeah you can put up with it five to seven minutes they'll explain what's happening and then if you want to do more research on it then you can do that yeah but 
they leaned super heavily into the show side of it because of Netflix, which we think was their competitor. I, I don't know. And it's just... Yeah, but whenever somebody says, I'm going to compete with Netflix, I say... That... Yeah, that hasn't worked out well for anybody so far, so you'll just be... Yeah. But I don't like to... I don't want to settle on the death of Quibi. I like Quibi, but, you know, I know we're a little bit over for today, but I'm thinking let's do one more topic. Um, yeah. Something a little bit a little bit more cheerful. Let's talk about... Let's see, what do I want to pick out of this list? You know what? I want to talk about the LG Wing. Okay. I think that I think that'll be just all right. I'm gonna preface this, uh, Patrick. You know what the LG Wing is, right? Yeah. The flippy boy phone. <laughs> yeah, the flippy boy phone. That is a very good way of putting it. What do you think of the LG Wing before we even even go down what it actually is? I just want to get the feeling of what you think of it. Why? I have no reason to, I do not really understand the purpose. Like, I don't, I'm having a hard time saying, like, I'm supportive of this idea, because I'm kind of not. <laughs> it, it just doesn't really make sense. Like, it's kind of like bringing a monitor with you to use your laptop. <laughs> that's actually that is what it's reminding me of it's so extra like okay you have a laptop right mm -hmm. imagine if you whenever you brought your laptop somewhere you brought a second monitor <laughs> that is the vibe that this is giving me like i don't it seems so extra all right all right so I'm going to state this from the beginning. I 100% agree with you on pretty much everything you said. It does, not, okay. it does not make any sense at all for this phone. In a practical sense, this phone has no purpose. Yes. Uh, and if you don't know what this phone is, it, imagine a regular smartphone. And then imagine if you could flip your screen 90 degrees so that it was sideways. And you also had a little screen under that now flipped screen. That's basically what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so you have like a T of screens. So, and then you close it the same way. You just flip it back. So I, again, I 100% agree with you. I will say out of all the products that have come out this year, this might be the most exciting, pro the most exciting product I've seen all year though. No, this, I totally understand because this is by far the most <laughs> insane thing I've seen. Yes. Right. Like, 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 uh, okay. Take the flip phones. Those are pretty crazy, but everyone saw that right. come. We all knew at some point we were going to have phones. Golden phones, yeah. Did anyone ever think in a million years we'd have this? Did you ever see LG release no. it either? No. <laughs> no, it's insane. So, like, we're going, yeah. It's so extra. It's so extra, but I can't help but admire it. The reason I love it so much is because we are getting... This is like, this is basically, in my mind, this is the harbinger. This is basically saying, look, we're going to do crazy and stupid things with phones again. And now we're going to get, there's going to be a variety of phones out there that are entirely dumb and serve no purpose other than to just exist. But they're going to be so many different, di different phones, just so many cool phones, so many cool concepts that are actually going to exist in the world now. Instead of just being the same bar phone that we've had for almost a decade now. Like, that's exciting. Even if the LG Wing is a... It is. 
interesting idea. I like a complete yeah. plot. Or... I'll put this. I'm gonna put this out there. If you if you heard just heard about this phone, you're like, man, that sounds really cool. Maybe I'll buy it. Don't buy the phone. Just don't do that. All right. I'm gonna tell you straight up. Hardware wise, it might be pretty good. LG's hardware is actually really good for the most part. Software wise, LG tends to hurt a little bit and buy a little bit i mean a lot you're not going to get updates the experience isn't going to be great just don't buy it but i do encourage you to go look at it and it, and even if you're like this is a completely stupid idea just for a second think that means a year two years from now however long it takes lg is going to be releasing another weird phone might be the same might be different they're going to release a new weird phone and you should be excited for that because that'll be cool yeah, like, I mean, also, I think we should mention price point, just because it's kind of, a st- like, it sounds like a phone that would cost, like, you know, it would cost more than the four phones or whatever. I would right? say, okay, if you asked, I actually, I'll tell my head, I actually don't know the pricing. It's uh, apparently $1,000 off of a Horizon Only website, what? which I, okay. exactly, that is the exact reaction i had to it was it's only I mean, a thousand to be very clear a thousand is a lot of money a thousand is a lot like don't get it but when you're comparing it to like when you're comparing to like the samsung or the phones, iphones this the flip phones or iphones you know that's good for your money is it i don't don't buy this but it's good for <laughs> you your know, money the interesting fact of the matter is even with this phone even let's say for example you buy this phone and you just never flip it you're basically using a normal smartphone <laughs> Yeah, and you pay the same yeah. amount too. But you also you go to a party, all of a sudden, everyone's like, you're like, hey guys, check this out, and then you flip your phone, and everyone's like, whoa, that's really cool. You don't show them anything on it because it'll be it'll look awful as soon as you try to do anything on it. But if you just flip it, you're the cool kid now. Show up to a party, yeah. but oh, after COVID, hopefully, if we can have parties again. Yeah, after, after, don't after go parties after, right now please. either. Actually, don't buy this phone. Don't go to parties. That's two-step process <laughs> it's a two-step process of not doing yes. stuff don't buy this phone don't go to parties but go look up this phone read up on it because you know what it's fun because we're back to the point where phones are doing crazy things again and i love it yeah like i don't know patrick did you, did you ever see the sidekick back in when uh flip phones were the the cool thing I I did not see. I'm gonna look, look up, up the now. sidekick and tell me what you th- tell me if you think it's a phone first. Actually, let's start there. Wait, wait. Is it just the uh? Key yeah, it's like sliding? a sideways weird oh. phone. Oh wait, wait. Wasn't this a popular form of the phone? Oh wait a second. It was. I'm thinking of like the uh, you know, the phone where it's like you oh, can, you you slide yeah. it up and then you have the keyboard. Yeah, that's what I'm getting a lot of results. This phone, for. uh, it, it had like a weird like bubble shaped design, if I remember correctly. And I think some of, I think they did have a keyboard, like that was their whole thing. They were like the texting phone, if I remember correctly. Oh, I think I see what phone you're talking about. And um, oh, it's not. Oh, that's wow. my bad. Yeah, when I say Sidekick, it pulls up the more modern version. There was like a bubble version of the phone, though. Yeah, I I think I'm seeing it and wow yeah uh let me see oh actually here it is let me see i if i can send this in chat to you 
This is now the part of the podcast where we're an audio podcast and you're listening to us talk about uh, cool images that you, that you cannot can't see. see. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm pretty positive it's the uh, T-Phone. It's the T-Mobile yes. one that came out in 2010, yes, you got right? It, you got it. It's like a bubble. That is the exact model. It, it looks like a bubble. So imagine you have like a very rounded square, okay. <laughs> and then imagine out of the bottom of the square came out like another another rounded square with a keyboard on it for no but reason. But look at that phone and tell me that isn't weird in an age where flip phones were like the dominant factor. No, yeah, it's pretty. It's weird. It's yeah. interesting. It's very so weird. like, and I'll and actually we're an audio podcast, but I will link this uh this this uh sidekick the sidekick phone in the description as well along with the lg wing again don't buy it i'm not going to link you to the verizon site or the lg site because i know if i do that you might buy it but don't buy it um but i'll link both in the description because you know what i'm i'm excited i'm excited to see what the next i'm gonna call it five years because i think after five years the flip phones will be good enough where they're going to become the dominant form and we'll be stuck there for a little bit but mm -hmm. i'm excited to see what like LG is not they don't sell that many phones here. It's actually kind of a they kind of do really bad with mobile phones like selling wise. So I know they can do crazy things and they don't even have to think about it because they're like we're not selling that many anyways. So we just sell cool stuff. Yeah. People will see it. Mm -hmm. But I think with that, um unless you want to add uh, anything on to that Patrick, we'll go ahead and end it here. Um... Yeah, actually, the phone that I was describing was not the uh, sidekick. It's called the Microsoft Kin, and Wait, it is the Microsoft a... what? The Microsoft Kin. There were two phones, and one of them the Microsoft Kin. One of them was uh, <laughs> basically just a rounded square with another rounded square screen on top that you could slide up and down. Oh. I, I, I did not describe. I did not describe what uh, Tristan was talking this about. Is also, this kind of looks like it's supposed to be like a BlackBerry, but actually, no, no, no. It, you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of Black. Uh, it reminds me of the the BlackBerry phones, the Android ones, where they pull the yeah, yeah. yeah it's like oh, that's <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I'm I'm very sad to say this, but it died two oh. months later. Like that's straight up, weird. it lasted two months and then it's dead. So. I'm going to put a controversial Maybe. statement. Microsoft in the mobile okay. space is always way too far ahead of the game. I think that's kind of right, yeah. I think that's pretty fair to say. Sometimes they have ideas that are just too out there. Or they just aren't appealing to the modern market and they're just appealing to the people who want the future. Yeah. Which is not... You'd think there'd be overlap, but there's not, really. not always as much overlap. People just want what's good, and sometimes the future that you think is the future isn't that good. And I think that might just be what happened with Microsoft. The first phone to have USB-C was a Microsoft phone, Windows phone. That's a that's that's yeah. a hot take right there. All right, and with that, we're gonna go ahead and end the podcast yeah. because I think ending on Microsoft yeah. being the best phone manufacturer of all time is a good way to go. We'll get the show won't be canceled. Yeah. Um. So go ahead, please follow us on podcast platform of your choice and if your podcast platform allows it leave that five star leave a co co comment you have some criticisms leave them there we're gonna we're trying to improve all the time um facebook yeah. twitter instagram follow us there 
Um, we also have a YouTube channel now. Go there to see some really cool, fun tiering videos where we tier cables and formats of audios. Yep. Um, and you can see all of our face, our lovely faces there. Well, almost all of them. We have one. We have an imposter among us. If you get that reference. Mm. Um, I know Patrick died on the inside when I said that, and I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, you got anything else you want to say, Patrick? All right. That is all, all right. And we will see you guys in two weeks. Also, the other episode is gonna be, it's a little late. Sorry about that, guys. But it will be posted, and everything will be good, hopefully. All right. See you guys in two weeks. Bye.